Well, good morning again, everyone. Will you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this beautiful day that you have given to us. And today we give thanks for our mothers, for all those who have given a, a mothering touch in our lives. Lord, you call us to care, to share your love with the people around us. So, Lord, open our eyes to the ways that you have blessed us and cared for us through the people who are closest to us and send us out to share and care for others for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, today's theme is called to care, which is an appropriate theme for Mother's Day. Uh, every one of us first experienced care in the arms of our mothers. It was fun to see in the uh, Des Moines Register this morning the, the comic Baby Blues had a Mother's Day theme. Uh, you know, and it shows the mom being you know, law enforcement, firefighter, medic, search and rescue, and a psychotherapist. And it says, Mom, the original first responder. <laughs> Caring for little ones are what mother, is what mothers do best. Each spring, uh, Justin and Katie Hansen raise lambs on their farm. And most of the time, the mama sheep do a great job of taking care of the lambs just fine on their own. But sometimes they need some help, and so some reinforcements are sent in. Caring for lambs is something the whole family helps do. Well, Jesus commanded his disciples, love one another as I have loved you. Care for one another. Show my love to the world. He also told them that they were to be witnesses, his witnesses, to the entire world. That they were to carry the message to everyone on the planet, beginning in Jerusalem. So I've often wondered, after Jesus was raised from the dead and appeared to the disciples, why did they just go home and go back to fishing? If you hadn't read about Pentecost and all that happened in the book of Acts, the end of the Gospel of John makes it sound like the disciples chickened out and ran home with their tails between their legs. Maybe they thought it was a safer place to hide out far away from Jerusalem, or maybe they went back to their old routine because it was what they knew. It was comfortable for them. How can you have an incredible experience with the risen Jesus and not be changed? The disciples had amazing encounters with the risen Christ two Sundays in a row. On Easter and a week later, Jesus came through locked doors and said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. He showed them his hands and his side, and he ate a piece of fish with them. And then he disappeared again. And so in chapter 21 of John, it's like the disciples say, well, now what? They went back home to Galilee, to a lake they'd known all their lives. Now, you can hardly blame Peter and the others for going back to fishing. It was their family business. It's what they knew. It was what they were good at. At least, it's what they used to be good at. This time, 
They fished all night and caught nothing. A whole night's work, rowing around the lake, casting the net, waiting patiently and hauling it in, and they got skunked. To make matters worse, a stranger on the shore called out, Haven't caught anything, have you boys? No. Try the other side of the boat. <laughs> well, they did, and suddenly they had more fish than they could haul in. Now, this had happened before. In Luke 5, Jesus, when he first called his disciples, he stepped into Simon's boat and had him put out a little way so he could preach to the multitudes who were gathered on the seashore. And then he said, put out into deeper water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll let down the nets. They let down the nets and suddenly they had this huge catch of fish. Their nets were breaking. They called for another boat to come on over and help them. And they filled both boats so full of fish that they started to sink. Peter fell down at Jesus' feet and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. But Jesus said to him, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So then, why, in John 21, did Peter just go back to fishing? Fishing for fish, back to the same old grind. Jesus had better plans for him. Jesus had better plans for all of them. Sometimes we encounter Christ in a, a moment that is, just helps our faith go so much deeper. You know, whether it's a mission trip or a retreat or a spiritual gathering, we have this tremendous experience, this spiritual high. We meet Jesus in a new way. Our faith comes alive and we find new strength. But when we go home, our faith lags again. You know, we go back to life as usual, and the daily grind just wears us down. We fall back into old habits. We make mistakes. We work and work and get nowhere. But Jesus has better plans for us. Jesus had breakfast waiting for Peter and the others on the seashore, fish and bread. They weren't very far from where Jesus had fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. He didn't need the 153 fish they caught, but he had them bring some anyway, maybe so they could share with others. In C.S. Lewis's The Chronicles of Narnia, in The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, uh, the children from our world had sailed to the very end of the world, to the end of Narnia. And a lamb met them on the seashore. It was a talking lamb, which wasn't unusual in Narnia, but it had wool that was so bright that they could hardly even look at it. And this lamb had breakfast waiting for them on the seashore, fish cooked over a fire. And as they were talking with this lamb, suddenly the lamb transformed into the great lion, Aslan the Christ of that world. Jesus is the Lamb who is a lion. In Revelation chapter 5, which 
Andrew read for us this morning. John has this vision of the throne room of God. And he hears someone say, look, the lion of the tribe of Judah has conquered. He is the one who can open the scroll. And John looks and he sees a lamb who, is, who had been slain, and yet it was standing there alive. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah and the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. His body was broken and his blood poured out for you and me. Last Saturday morning, or last Sunday morning, he met us with a meal right in our homes. Come and have breakfast. Come, share bread and wine. This is my body. This is my blood given for you. Jesus gives us everything we need. You ever thought about what we're asking for in the Lord's Prayer when we pray, give us this day our daily bread? It's a lot more than just give us a loaf of sourdough. When Martin Luther wrote his small catechism for parents to teach their kids the basics of the faith, he said this, you know, he asks, asks a question, what is meant by daily bread? And he says, daily bread includes everything required to meet our earthly needs, such as food, drink, clothing, home, property, employment, necessities, devout parents, children and communities, honest and faithful authorities, good government, seasonable weather, peace, health, an orderly society, a good reputation, true friends and neighbors, and the like. All of this, God abundantly provides without us earning it in any way. What God wants in return is our love. Love for Him and love for our neighbors. Well, after breakfast on the seashore, Jesus spoke to Peter. Simon, son of John, do you love me? He asked him three times, just like Peter had denied him three times. Jesus had already forgiven him. He had died for him and for us. They ate a meal that morning together as friends. So perhaps by asking that question, do you love me, three times, Jesus wanted Peter to remember his commandment, his new commandment that he gave them the night that Peter denied him. Love one another as I have loved you. Do you love me? Feed my lambs. Take care of my sheep. Jesus met Peter and the others right where they were, out in a boat. He provided what they needed and far more an abundance of fish. He fed them breakfast, and he sent them to feed others. Jesus still meets us and feeds us today. He meets us, and then he sends us out. Sometimes we encounter Jesus in special events or high points in our lives, a youth gathering or a concert, a worship service that speaks right to our hearts. Other times... Jesus meets you in your darkest hours, when you're out of a job and out of money, when you or someone in your family is desperately sick, when your marriage ends, 
or when a loved one dies. When you can't see light at the end of the tunnel, Jesus meets you there. But Jesus also meets you at work, in your same old routine, uh, even when the routine isn't quite as routine as it normally is. Sometimes Jesus surprises us with his presence at unexpected moments. Sometimes we don't recognize him at first, like the disciples didn't. But Jesus meets us where we are. And then he asks us the same question he asks Peter. Do you love me? Then feed my sheep. That gets me thinking. What if the reason Peter and the others went back to Galilee was not that they were running away, but because they wanted to take the message first to their families? Where better to start spreading the news about Jesus and showing people how to care than with their own friends and family? Why did they go back to fishing? They had to support themselves somehow. The Apostle Paul supported himself by making tents. In fact, uh, there is a, a, a ministry called Tentmaker Ministries where youth workers are doing ministry as a youth worker, but they're also helping pay for themselves by having a job on the side. Fishing was what Peter and the others knew. In Acts 5, the apostles realized that they needed to appoint people to make sure that everyone was receiving the care that they needed. They, needed, they appointed these guys called deacons to make sure that the widows were getting adequate food. Jesus feeds us so that we can feed others. Well, what do we need to feed people? How can we help? It depends on what they need. What are they hungry for? What are their specific needs? If it's food, then let's help provide food through uh, Loaves and Fishes Food Pantry or the Norseman Food Pantry in, uh, in Roland or our little, free pan our little free pantry out by uh, the side of the road right, next, right downtown. Maybe you can run errands for someone who really shouldn't be getting out of their house right now. Do you know someone who needs encouragement or comfort? Give them a call, pray with them, do some FaceTime, be a listening ear. It was so encouraging for Carl Ostrom's family that there were people that even in the rain showed up at the visitation at their shop and then so many more on the morning of the funeral when people couldn't gather here in person they lined up on the streets all the way out to the all the way out to the cemetery holding signs and cheering them on and saying we're here for you when people need someone to talk to about their problems about the grief or the struggles that they're going through you can be a listening ear you can show them the care that Jesus wants to extend Last week was Nurses Week, and there was a sign that showed up overnight uh, out front of Cedar Place uh, that says, Heroes work here. Thank you to all of our nurses. We have several nurses and retired nurses in our congregation. So thank you for what you do 
day in and day out. Thank you for our first responders and all the heroes that are on the front lines of this coronavirus crisis. Thank you to all of our moms for the care they provide as the original first responders. God provides what others need through you, through each one of us. Follow me, Jesus says. Feed my lambs. Take care of my sheep. He meets us where we are and calls us to care. So may you know the love of Christ through the care that you receive from others. May you respond to that love by caring for the other people in your life. May you see the particular ways that the Holy Spirit gifts and calls you to care. Amen.